South Africa! Acknowledge me. Teresa Kakakanzi. Teresa Kanzi. The views expressed on this podcast do not It's time to engage in the airstrike. The Teresa Kanzi airstrike. Welcome to the Tulisa Kansi Airstrike podcasting from Cape Town, South Africa, the most beautiful city in the country. And straight into episode 82, playing right now on Anchor, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Here's what I'll be talking about today. I'll tell you my feelings about KZN, more especially Durban. I'll talk about the expose on the Nord Stream so-called accident. I've got music from Teddy Druglas and a Bacardi banger. Lastly, I'll pizza musimone about the EFF. But first, I get into your elders were dirty. This week, we are listening to this song. Cried Out, released in 1997. This is the nasty song your elders used to listen to. Masingen is straight to the lyrics. Verse 1. All alone on a Sunday morning. Outside I see the rain is falling. Whoa, oh. Inside I am slowly dying. But the rain will hide my crying, crying, crying. And you. Don't you know my tears will burn the pillow? Set this place on fire because I am tired of your lies. All I needed was a simple hello. But the traffic was so noisy that you could not hear me cry. 
Verse 2. Never wanted to see things your way. I had to go astray. Oh, why was I such a fool, baby? Why was I such a fool? Oh, yeah. Now I see that the grass is greener. Is it too late for me to find my way home? How could I be so wrong, leaving me all alone? Don't you know my tears will cause an inferno? Tears will cause an inferno, baby. Romance often fades. Why should I take the blame? Why should I? Why should I? You are the one who left me neglected. Oh, I'm so sorry, baby. Apology not accepted. Add me to the broken hearts you've collected. Chorus. I gave you my love in vain. My body never knew such pleasure. My heart never knew such pain. And you, you left me so confused. Now I'm all cried out over you. And to one another back in the days in 1997. used to do to our female elders back in the days when we were young, some of us were not even born. <coughs> anyway, it was wrong. Masiaku verse 1 in more detail. What is going on, Pa? What's coops? Verse 1. Umamako must not come at you with the idea Yokubam Danam never ever cry over a man as if Yenazange wa Yenza Londo when she was young. She too did the same thing. Why Kalela in daughter? She might not tell you, but ikona landotale one she cried over. Wate wachisa umkamelelo. Yindoni echisa umkamelelo wake zinyembezi. What kind of acidic tears did our mothers and aunts have back in 1997? Where do I get this from? From verse 1. Which line? Line number one, two, three, three. Oti, don't you know my tears will burn the pillow? Because of the lies he used to tell her. You would think Ukuba daughter, she's gonna leave. But no, it doesn't end there. It continues in verse two. Now in verse two, Utatako comes in and says, Goba, this song features one twelve, right? Utatako says, and he attempted He says, never wanted to see things your way. I had to go astray. Oh, why was I such a fool, baby? Utatako right? Even though at the end of the day, Goba, Umamako is crying about the fact Yokuba. That's the quickest, easiest summary. And Je Utatako decided to move on. Hey, actually, listen. I see the grass is greener. 
Is it too late for me to find my way home? How could I be so wrong? Yes, Saul. Now, here's why is it Saul. It's typical of men. A guy would be in a relationship with a very good woman. Next thing, he cheats. A bag. After a bag, he's like, ah, fuck it. The woman that I was co-cheating with is better than my current woman. And then he goes on to date and be in a relationship with the woman he cheated with. Only to find out as time goes by, Ogubai, he made a big mistake. And he realizes this after he nuts a couple of times. That's what men usually do. Excluding myself. And this fucking nagazon. Because the get generation that's what they used to do back in the days. So after he has nutted, he has realized, no man, I lost a very good woman. So yes, is it too late to find my way back home? How could I be so wrong? Umamako replies, leaving me all alone. Don't you know my tears will cause an inferno? Hey man, Zinyembezi's den is Paku verse 1, these tears burned the pillow or they had the capabilities of burning a pillow because I assume they were acidic. Now, the very same tears could cause an inferno. Hmm. So which means, after they are acidic, they then transform to be paraffin. Or gasoline. Kuten zizo chisa ngoku. Kuten zizo kalumlilo. Aman What kind of tears did our elders have back in the days? Jeez. Tine kaslila apas lila mans. Bonabalili paraffin kuyine acid. Ay filim. So anyway, at the end of verse 2, Tata Akuya and he apologizes to Mamako. Mamako is like, nah. Apology not accepted. Add me to the broken hearts you've collected. And we as collectors, I'm not making this up. It is in this song. It's what your daddy used to do. There's nothing more worse for a woman to be dumped by the guy. It's usually the woman who does the dumping. But in this case, in this case, you can tell Ukuba Utatako is the one Olashe Umamako. Even though we are born Ukuba, he made a big mistake and the grass wasn't greener. On the other side, the grass was actually greener with Alalga Mamako. The chorus is very hurtful. Koba, hey, izindo otatabe to zabe zenza to our mothers. Very, very painful. Umama wako uti apa. I gave you my love in vain. My heart never knew such pain. And you, you leave me so confused. I mean, what more can I say about that? Besides the fact, Koba, abazalibe tu. Especially Otatabetu hurt our mothers so so bad and 
some of our mothers, they haven't really recovered from la hurt. Dikukelela about how Otatabetu used to hurt our mothers, Kemna. Drugless, God created Wunga on the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. It is the evolution of drugs. Wunga gave birth to Nyaupe. Now, Nyaupe is the dentist, the menace of all drugs. It is causing havoc everywhere. When will it end? Oh, it must end. It must really, really end, as in right now. Anyway. I get into what picked my interest in the past week. Now on Friday night, the 10th of Feb, news circulated on the socials about AKA being shot and killed at Wish in Florida Road, Durban. And I told myself I'm going to sleep this one out and see if I'll wake up the next day to the confirmation of the news. Of course, it sadly turned out to be true. The deadly shooting brought me back to how unsafe I felt when I was in Durban. If you've never stayed in Durban for more than a week, this is what you might have never come across. When I was there, it felt utterly wrong to see private security personnel walking around with assault rifles in public areas and at times drive recklessly on the roads when transporting their clients. Even more worrying for me was how normal this whole thing was. Local people in KZN seemed unbothered by it happening because it's part of their lives. 
there's a big taxi rank called a market and there's other taxi ranks surrounding it and on a random day you walk around there you'll come across personnel security personnel with assault rifles just walking around just randomly jay you ask one of the locals why are these guys walking around the taxi rank with these big rifles usually it's like two or three of them and then you'd find another three on the other side just walking around locals will tell you that okay usually when this happens it means one of the taxi owners is around trust me you will be surprised i was surprised too when i was told this and i thought to myself damn this means any time is tea time in kzn any time a taxi boss could be shot at in kzn especially when they at a taxi rank from that moment i just felt very unsafe so apparently these security personnel are a boss's own bodyguards they are there with him 24/7 365 wherever he goes they go it doesn't matter where he goes all right and this gives you an idea of how dangerous the taxi industry is in durban kzn here in cape town you won't see taxi bosses walking around with bodyguards and security personnels wearing bulletproof vests and walking with assault rifles ak47s it is rare in fact in all my life living in cape town i haven't come across such a scenario but in kzn it is normal how did it become so that it is normal to see such people walking around with very dangerous weapons of course we need to look at the state the government and put blame at them there's no law enforcement if there was law enforcement there wouldn't be a need for taxi bosses to hire private security in order to protect their lives this is so wrong in so many levels and i wouldn't wish for the rest of south africa to live in such a state by the look of things it looks like it might go there and it's scary go by the lack of law enforcement is a big issue nationally and another thing that made me feel very unsafe in durban kzn was how loosely and almost revered inkabi are in kzn they are like your local celebrities or the 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 myth or maybe myth is a very wrong word to use in this context but almost like they they put inkabi in a heroic manner how they would talk loosely about inkabi and how they speak as if they are heroes it's it's just normal talk i was like man this is not normal it can't be normal how did it become so that these things are talked about so loosely and they are accepted as part of the normal way of living in durban kzn 
and not only in the city of Durban, but throughout the whole province. It was just crazy for me. It was really a crazy experience having conversations with locals about Inkabi and these security personnel who are 24-7 protecting their clients. Once again, I wouldn't like to see this happening nationally. It must stay in Durban KZN and maybe as the years go by, it starts to decline due to law enforcement pulling up their socks and making this country, Durban KZN more especially, a safe area, a safe zone for locals and visitors. Moving along to something that interests me quite a lot. It is geopolitics. Geopolitics is a very important topic. It directly or indirectly affects you and me on a daily basis. Veteran investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch released an explosive article detailing how the US and Norway worked together to blow up Germany's Nord Stream pipes in a covert sea operation. Of course, it was all done to sabotage Russia. Videos went viral on the internet showing Biden and other prominent figures in US politics admitting to put an end, in other words, sabotage, Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipes. I looked at how local and international news stations were going to cover this big story. And guess what? They mised it. It was as if this big story was not happening. And once again, thank you to the internet. On the internet, it was trending. But the internet is not controlled by the ruling class. So, all systems go on the internet. Now the thing is, how will Germany respond? How will Russia respond? At the moment, Germany isn't really giving us anything. They're very quiet. I thought Germany was one of those countries who had a backbone. Like, you can't mess with Germany. Germany will solve you very quickly. Now, this Nord Stream pipe thing happens. It gets blowed up. Apparently, it's an accident. And if you remember when it happened, news were saying, no, this whole thing was done on purpose by Russia because Germany wants to help Ukraine. And of course, the country that was pushing that narrative was the US. It turns out it was the US and Norway who blew up Nord Stream 2 pipes. What exactly does the US together with its NATO allies want to achieve by doing such things? What do they want to achieve? What do they want? Do they want a war? I am not surprised that Joe Biden, a Democrat president, might take the US to a very big war. Usually, it is a Republican president that does such things. But having read up about geopolitics for quite a number of years, I am not surprised that a Democrat president is capable of doing such things. 
Republicans and Democrats are all answering to the same group, and that is the ruling elite, the capital elite. Those are the people they answer to. Those are the people that fund them. Those are the people that control the military. Those are the people that flip and control America. When America goes to war, those are the people who benefit from wars. So I am not surprised that Joe Biden might take the US on the brink of war with Russia or even China. I don't know if, and this might be a possibility, that the US government knew that this story will break out. And then, all of a sudden, China has got big as balloons flying over the US. And the US is busy blowing up these big as balloons. If you follow geopolitics, you would have a doubt in your mind. Yokuba. It is a possibility that the very same US is capable of creating such balloons and then launching these balloons high up into the air that the naked eye can't see. And then create a story that it is the Chinese whom created these balloons and these balloons are flying over the US. And that is wrong. If you read up on Pearl Harbor, you would understand where I am coming from. It might sound far-fetched to you, maybe because you haven't been following geopolitics, but there is la doubt. Yokuba, the US can really, really stage these things. And this balloon thing is sort of like a way to shift your attention away from this big-ass story published by Simo Hirsch on Substack. It's making global headlines on the internet. Fuck traditional TV news media. Fuck them. They answer to their bosses, whom do not want such information to be publicly broadcast. Anyway, let's wait and see what happens. Germany, we want to see you respond. Not in an aggressive way, or in a way that might create instability. No, we just want to hear from you. What do you think about this big-ass story? And lastly, for the first time in I don't know when, I agree with a politician. Tourism Minister Lindy Sisulu expressed concern about the decision of the SA Tourism Board to pursue three resigned board members to account for the leaked discussion documents related to the agency's sponsorship of that failing English premiership side Tottenham Hotspur. In a statement, her office said that in the meeting between Minister Sisulu and the board, the board made it very clear that the CFO had failed to declare his interests in three board meetings, concealing his special relationship with one of the companies involved in the deal. It added that the board should be focused on suspending the CFO, Johan van der Walt, who allegedly brought ethical defects to the deal. She said, finding the whistleblowers of the scandal was irrelevant. Let's give her a round of applause. This is amazing. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
The question we should be asking ourselves is, is she singing for Sapa? As there's reports of an imminent cabinet reshuffle. You'll never know with these politicians. They start to say the right things when they feel their jobs are under threat. Is this her way of pleading to the president to keep her in his cabinet? It's very possible. Maybe she wants to be the minister of electricity. I mean, her beautiful afro is electrifying. I love an afro on a woman. But I appreciate her afro. It is very possible she's being disingenuous. She just wants to keep her job. That's why she's saying all these right things right now. At least the good news about this Tottenham Hotspur 1 billion rand sponsorship deal was that it is cancelled. That's the greatest news ever. If it weren't for these whistleblowers to leak these documents, chances are next season of the English Premiership, we would have been surprised to see a visit South Africa on Tottenham Hotspur's sleeve. This is Yes, again, England. Only to find out some company with links to the CFO of SA Tourism walked away with 31 million rand to make this deal a possibility. Are you about to host a party at a club, chisanyama or restaurant and you want to DJ with mad skills? Well, book Tulisa Kanzi for a lit DJ performance and hear something like this. Tulisa.kanzi at gmail.com and let's get the party started. Pacardi! Banger! <laughs> Hey, you win. Hey, you win. You win. 
Dropping music missiles, Bacardi Bangos on the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike, the sounds of Pitori, Musiwa, Tomiyali 2000 featuring Bacardi's next big thing, Kid Shamane. It is my Bacardi banger of the week. I can't wait for Kid Shamane's first EP or album release. She is the future. Look out for her. Bacardi Banger. All hail for the Lord Commander of Complaints.
No, the North Africans, they are always bullying everybody. Always. They bully referees, they bully everybody. They don't want to lose. They are going to lose tonight. We beat them fair and square. Do we want to justify how many times Kerchis win with the, with the referee's mistake? Yeah, Barocca player disrespected Madisha, which was not good. And most especially is the players who are on the bench, who are sitting there. They're disrespecting somebody who's playing whilst they are sitting in the cold there in the stands. So, what are you being so emoting about? It had to be the EFF. Last week at the State of the Nation address, EFF MPs tried to storm onto the stage where a sitting president was at and they got countered by Parliament's security personnel. The act was plain stupid. I wonder if any EFF MP objected to the plan at its plenary phase or was it a collective decision or Kanye disagreeing MPs were told to toe the party line. Yeah, I have to admit, at first, these gimmicks were entertaining and very dramatic. The EFF lit up a rather boring National Assembly prior to its election to Parliament. But now these theatrics have become very stupid and desperate. Of course you are going to be met with aggression if you go charging where a sitting president is at. We all know this. Globally, locally, nationally, we all know this information. Was there a need for EFF MPs to do what they did last week Thursday at the Sona? Absolutely not. They did all of this for attention. That's all. What was the purpose? What were they hoping to achieve? Was that a protest? It wasn't a protest. What was it? It was plain stupidity. Attention-seeking motives. Nothing political there. Really. You can't put a sitting president's life in danger by pulling off such stunts. Of course you are going to be met with a few hands here and there. Huh? A few body checks. That's what's going to happen. If you act stupid, such things will happen to you. You can't do it in song. I don't know what they think this is, bruh. I don't know if they think this is a um, reality show for parliamentarians. I, and I really don't know. And the funny thing is, there are quite a lot of intellectuals within the EFF grouping. So why did they think that this was going to be a brilliant idea? And from what I saw, the top six leaders of the EFF weren't the ones who went charging first towards where the president was at. It was these other ones that did so. So were they being made a fool by their own leadership? It certainly does look that way to me. Leaders must lead by example even when they are doing stupid things. If you are going to go charging at a sitting president of a country and you are the opposition party, a leader of such a party, then you must lead from the front. Don't let your subordinates do the job for you. You must lead. Be the first one to get a punch from the security personnel or a body check, not your other members of parliament. I'm now I'm tired of as a gimmicks the EFF in parliament at the National Assembly. It is now boring. The EFF MPs need to come up with a far better and compelling way to garner the attention of the ruling party in parliament. 
This is old now. And with that being said, that's how I end off episode 82 of the Tulisa Kanzi airstrike. Thank you for listening. I am back again next week for episode 83. Ungalibal, whatever you do, never ever lose the child in you. Adios, amigos, and bonita damas. Can, can, can the can-can-can-the-airstrike.